Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Audio Frontier. Ho, ho, holy crap. Welcome to Wrestling Daft The Marks. Hearing from Robert Wing at 185 pounds. I am John the Scrooge, the Grinch. I hate Christmas. I don't. I don't really. But you know. Um, anyway, I present this show. Um, produce wrestling after the main show. With me, a man who, ever, who loves Christmas. He's bigger than Santa's list. It's Big Alex. But am I as big as the contradictory statement you made by starting with a ho 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 and then saying I hate Christmas? I don't really hate Christmas. <laughs> I don't really hate it. I just, there's a lot of, there's aspects of Christmas I don't like. There's lots of aspects I do like, but lots of aspects I don't like. We'll get into that when I get to the promo a bit. <laughs> oh no, he's got a promo on Christmas again. Over <laughs> the last couple of weeks, you've probably realised the aspects of Christmas I don't enjoy. Um, and that man you just heard there, a man who's been forced to dress up at Santa at his work this week because he has a clause in his contract. I got that off his Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's inside the ropes, Gary Cassidy. How you doing, Gary? Not too bad. I feel like I've used that joke every single year, so... Ah, tradition. Christmas is all about tradition. It is a classic. Anything exciting been happening in your world this week, gentlemen? Nah. Uh, I made a gingerbread house. Films. It's great. Uh, and I've been slowly eating it every time I go into the kitchen. Have so you really? I'll send you a photo after the podcast. Oh, please, yeah. Oh, but if... if you, for the patrons, if you wanted to see a photo of that, you can get onto the Patreon. I'm this sure. is this is this is stage one. It's going to get better. This was me learning the processes. I'm going to improve my. Oh really? So once we get out of this horrible lockdown, you're going to make it for us, yeah? What do you want? A wrestling daft birthday gingerbread cake? In the yes, middle? I would. I would like that. Okay, I will take you up on that request. That's fine. I Fantastic. That's good. Uh, obviously, I, the Lar- in Larbert, we're living the the tier uh, two life. So I actually got out for my dinner and I had a beer with my dinner. Who thought that would be a sentence you would utter a year ago? But yeah, it happened on Saturday for my birthday, so it was uh, great. So living the tier two life in Larbert, yeah. On turning the big 6-0 on Saturday. Hey, yeah, you <laughs> millennial boys. Uh, 40 is not a good enough. <laughs> All right, you'll have that bus pass soon. You'll get to put the bike away and free travel to work. Uh, very good. Uh, and I'm 40 and I still love wrestling. There you go. Uh, right, okay. Um, stuff on the show today, of course, will be burying putting over stuff from the big shows. Uh Fantasy Island, Booking, Booking Island, a little bit different this week. We were, uh, we'll get to that, but we were asked to to kind of envision something that happens in the future and then make a booking off of that. So we'll get the results of who won that a bit later on as we head on this wrestling daft draft out there. Um, the wrestling-based quiz. I'm going to take out music because it's now just turned into a wrestling-based quiz. Uh, WrestleMind the Buzznox is back with Big Alex. It was a little bit of WrestleMind the Botchnox last week, and I've learned... To not do time drowns anymore. Well done. We, we got there. It, it all worked out fine in the edit, mate. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> we've got a big interview today as well. We've been promising it for quite some time now, but we've eventually got around to editing it and putting it out. It's going to be Gary's chat with Arn Anderson. Gary, um, 
Big AA himself, the enforcer. Um, good chat, mate. Aye, aye, I really enjoyed it. It's one of those ones that, you know, it's, it's annoying when I go back and interview, like, somebody for that time, because I feel like I wasn't really around to watch them in yeah. their prime. And it's really annoying doing the research and going, oh, I really wish I'd, I, I wish I'd been around to watch. But obviously, I remember um, the big spine buster at WrestleMania 18 on The Undertaker uh, and his match with Ric Flair. And that's like my big kind of Arn Anderson moment. And obviously, I've seen that, all the stuff he does now. So it was just brilliant getting to chat with him, you know. Really, really nice guy. And, um, and he understood Max. Quite intense. And- quite an intense guy. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he is. But I think it's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, he, he kind of mentioned to me that he'd never done any interviews up until a couple of years back because, you know, people would have expected him to be the heel just because of how he was a wrestler and jumped in the interviewers through it. So he, he kind of made a point of saying he doesn't do that now, but, you know, he's not miles, miles away from it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you will hear what Gary had to say to see, Arn. See, while we're on the topic of Arn and us, yeah. and like, say, people of me and Gary's vintage yeah. haven't really seen Arn. I was been thinking along those lines as we've, been, as we've been watching Sting, and I'm interested to know how many other people are in a similar mindset as myself. And that's I don't look at Sting as a WCW legend; I look at him as a TNA legend. Really? Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I used to watch a hell of a lot of TNA, like all the original main event Mafia days, and kind of came back to it before AEW and a couple of years ago. So I've been on and off seeing Sting and TNA for the past 15, 20 years. And I have never seen a live WCW show or never had seen a live WCW show. So I'm the opposite. I've got this weird falsified perception of knowing everything he's done in WCW. When the reality is I watched a lot of him in WCW, but I was way too young to, to remember now what I actually watched. So all I remember is his entrances, a couple of you know instances of him in the ring and then flying in for the rafters. But I'm like, oh, I WCW's thing when really I was too young to know what I was watching anyway. <laughs> Like, I've seen a lot of it in replays and stuff, but... Yeah, and I, of course, remember where he wore face paint and had blonde hair. Um, So there we go. (laughs) That shows the separation right there. Uh, So, yeah, all that on the show today. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. All right, then, gentlemen, as I alluded to earlier, we are back to Christmas. And this is something that... We'll come to you, I think, one of these days, gents. It's a, a thing called Elf on the Shelf. Are you aware of Elf on the Shelf? I've got Fiend on the scene behind me. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> you two are maybe young enough to remember getting it done to you. Did you have to, Are you young enough to have Elf on the Shelf done to you? Did you have an Elf on the Shelf? No. I only found out about it about two years ago when it exploded back on social media. Yeah. Listen... If you have children, gentlemen, this is coming from a man of my vintage. If you do have children, do not, whatever you do, get a fucking elf on the shelf, right? Because you're going to wake up in the middle of the night at, say, 3 o'clock in the morning and go, fuck, I've not done anything with the elf on the shelf. You have to be creative every day in the run-up to Christmas because the little ones think the elf does magical things overnight. But then inevitably you forget to do it before you go to your bed and then you wake up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning and go, shit, I need to go and do something creative with it. And, like, there's only so many things you can do with the elf. However, Google is a great thing. Easy elf-on-the-shelf ideas. But it's just it's another example of the Americanization of country, Christmas in this country. We're getting lights Ooh. outside. We're getting He's just done a Victoria Derby show. <laughs> I didn't realise your hatred of Christmas was that intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, no, Elf in the Shelf is horrible. It's absolutely... If you, you are a parent out there listening to this and, you, you know, you have a young one who hasn't got Elf in the Shelf, don't do it. Just don't. Just say elves don't come here. You know, put them saying, I don't know, you could make up something like, um, we've got a dog uh, and elves are allergic to dogs or something like that because it, once you get started on it, it is the biggest pain in the arse. So I just want to cut a promo on fucking Elf on the Shelf. Get in the bin. That's what I say. I've got an idea for you, John. Yeah. Hide oh, Elf on the Shelf ideas. Already, like, elf on the Shelf idea, right? Yeah, yeah, Hide yeah. it for three days, then bring it out every fourth day. So that means you don't actually have to do it every day. And then you can just say, oh, just go and try and find the Elf. Not helping Santa, sorted. Yeah. Or I was going to buy one and uh, I was going to buy one and rip the head off it just to place it with a fiend on the scene that I've got sitting there and just have like <laughs> the fiend ripping apart one. Of the, but I, again, I have no idea what Elf on the Shelf is because no, fiend on the scene's definitely better. Uh, so yeah, don't get don't get involved in Elf on the Shelf. What do you think the loved one in your Christmas would really want this year? I mean, what do you think your girlfriend would want for Christmas? So I've got uh, around 10 masks, but I think a wrestling daft mask could probably be added to that collection just to, to make things a wee bit different. But yeah, you know, I re- that would be nice. A, a mask would be nice. But, you know, I think you want at Christmas, you want something a bit more special. You want something that lasts a bit longer. Why wouldn't you get your loved one a year subscription to our Patreon service? That would be even better, aye. Then, then you've got all the content in the world as, a spo- as opposed to a mask, which you should also buy. It's like getting a gift every month you get, or every week even, because you get content coming week in, week out. Uh, so, And at the moment, if you sign up for a year, we're going to give you 10% off. So there are three tiers to choose from, and we know we all love a tier in Scotland at the moment. And you can get on there now, tier one, um, £3 a month, but if you have 10% off that... How much is that if you do the mass? That's 30 pence a week, 30 pence a month off. Easy like that. And that just adds up. That just adds up. Um, so yeah, you get 10% off that. If you sign up, Patreon only chat community, you get ad-free versions of all episodes. You get early episode access, bonus content from the show now and again, full video version of this podcast. You get to vote on the list of wrestling after you get to vote on Fantasy Booking Island. You get to get involved in the chat. That's just tier one. Tier two is an IC champion. You get that for about seven odd pounds a month. Uh, everything that we said in tier one, but you'll get a video version of the flagship show. Uh, you'll get uh, an invite to our Patreon pay-per-view parties. And I'm actually, I'm off work on Monday and I'm going to put this out to the Patreons. Should we do a Patreon um, pay-per-view party for TLC? Because I think I might just stay up and watch it. I know it's not looking great, but why the hell not? I'm off work. Woohoo, it's Christmas. Let's get drunk and watch TLC. Uh, so yeah, I'll put that out to the patrons and we'll make a decision where we should do a Patreon pay-per-view party. But that might happen. Uh, we've also got bonus episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, we are going to have a match of brand supremacy. It's the Marks versus the main show. Rab and Gradle versus me and Gary with Alex as the quiz host in our Christmas edition of WrestleMind the Buzz Knocks based on the Attitude Era as requested by Grado and Rab. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'm we- glad that you gave me that piece of information now. <laughs> you knew that! You knew that. it was based. Well, that's like, that's why I've done the fantasy, the Wyatt Family Fortunes round. That's not going to be on the Attitude Era, but it's on the listeners. It's fine. 
Exactly, exactly. So yeah, we're going to be having that for Brand Supremacy. It's a bit like Survivor Series uh, and we'll see how we get on with that. So that's going to be up there in time for Christmas as well as the Dafties of 2020 where me, Gary and Alex, with help from you guys, will be talking about the best, the worst of the year. So there we go. We'll have that on the Patreon in the next week. But uh, Tier 3, World Heavyweight Champion, about 15 quid. Sign up for that. You get a free t-shirt after three months. Chance, First chance to come on as a mark or do the running or come on WrestleMind the Buzznocks. Uh, and hopefully when 2021 starts and events start coming back, we'll get a live event on the go and you'll get free tickets for that. So that would be just wonderful. Uh, so get signed up now. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. What a brilliant gift that would be for someone wouldn't it a full year of ours, us talking shite uh, and you'll get 10% off that as well that mean doesn't mean we get 10% less of us talking shite however um, but yeah get signed up now wrestling uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft let's get you involved in the roster right uh, welcome to the buddy and put over section of the show where we look back at the big shows in wrestling from the week. Uh, myself does NXT, Alex does AEW, Gary does Raw, and we always get a guest mark on to do SmackDown. Uh, it used to be the SmackDown bullet, but obviously SmackDown is a lot better than Raw these days. Uh, and he's been on before. He's now two-time guest mark. It's Rico. How you doing, mate? Oh, good. You guys well? Excellent. You all set for you all set for yes, such a dad question. <laughs> are, you, are you all set for Christmas? I am all, I'm all set, Dad. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, I've got all my, my presents bought and everything, so just looking forward to a bit of chilled out time before it rears it. And what's Santa bringing you this this year, Rico? What do you want? Uh oh man. Um I don't know. I'm happy with whatever I get, to be totally honest with you. Uh, that's a shite answer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> John just really wanted you to say, I really want a Wrestling Daft Patreon subscription. Yeah. Oh, like, well, I mean, that's obvious. Over. I didn't have to say that, did I? Like, nah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's over it. Uh, so listen, thanks very much for coming back on again. Uh, and let's go and start off with Alex and AEW. Well, I'm going to be cheeky and I'm going to give myself a wee, a wee put over from Impact the night before. Oh, so, so for those that weren't aware, uh, there was Kenny Omega and Don Callis were to have their special announcement on Impact. But that's not what I want to talk about. I know uh, what it's going to be, and I'm yeah. 100% in agreement. So, so <laughs> I've recently actually been called out for sticking my head up Tony Khan's arse, and I'd like to continue that tradition <laughs> and put over how good the paid advertisement segment from Impact uh, was. It was, it was really good. It was on the money, and it was finished off with everyone's favourite Tony Schiavone, and the line was like, uh, it was, I worked here for one night, then quit the business for 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Tony was on forum this week. Like, did he, he also called Sting Buddy, and then he got a wee hug off Sting on Dynamite on <laughs> Wednesday night, which I thought was cute, really, to be honest. And it well, o- out- Omega's back on uh, Impact this week, so I think we've got three weeks, and if Impact is better than Raw, I should just switch allegiances for Buddy and put over. I, think oh, <laughs> I was actually going to put that to you: is should we start doing Impact? Should we start doing Impact in this section? Oh, the tides are changing. I think I think <laughs> we need to, and I think we we have the perfect Impact mark here. But then, do you have to start doing NXT UK? Where does it? Where does the, <laughs> the end? Then Ring of Honor, uh- ICW. Oh, crap. Right. Actually, yeah, there's, there's, a line has to be drawn somewhere. So, um, <laughs> but yes, 
First pullover of the night. Now, I wanted to be really lame and put over the fact that Sting comes out to snow, but I thought people would laugh at me. So I'm actually going to put on, just put over the closing, the closing part of the Sting segment from AEW this week. And just the way he looked at Cody and he just said, I'm not here for you, Cody. And you just saw Cody's wee heartbreak. It was, it was a lovely, lovely bit of storytelling. So I like that. And I also kind of want to put over, while we're on the Rhodes family, I also want to put over Brandy for... Because they had the segment with Brandy and her sit down with Shaq. Oh, Shaq's facial expression would have been the, the ultimate pullover. That was amazing. <laughs> well, Brandy was on form though, because like in the end, like I, I like that they're so far using Shaq to build Brandy versus Jade Cargill, yeah. and Shaq's just part of their feud. That's I like that they're taking what they're doing with the legends and doing it with celebs as well, which is good. But Brandy got a little moment as well when she got to toss the water over Shaq at the end. So good on you, Brandy. Good I on. think that the Sting segment, my favourite thing, was the fact that Sting turned into a giant mark. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I was like, man, I thought you were going to come out here and play it really cool, be like, you know, almost Undertaker-esque in how mysterious you are, like the Sting of old, and it was just like, nah. <laughs> nah. Nope. Just going to mark out for Tony Schiavone saying my name. I'm actually going to take back what... Oh, sorry. No, sorry, man. I thought they were... I was just going to say quickly, I thought they were going to try and start uh, setting up Sting and Darby Allen. You know, with Sting saying, you know, it looks awfully familiar in here, and then them cutting to Darby Allen in the rafters. I thought that was that was a pretty cool touch. I think I think they've done like a nice little. They've been setting that up for a while because they've been doing the Darby rafter things for weeks. I was just convinced that he wasn't there that week, and this was a way that they could edit him onto television. Yeah, but, I think that might be. Uh, but that and also the, the the segment beforehand with the Rorschach paintings, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Mm. The Darby Allen one. We we don't want to see Sting versus Darby Allen. Oh, I would. I want to see Sting versus Cody Jericho Darby oh, Allen. Everybody, so good I, shape. I, I, like, I can do it. Just the buckle looks, bombs. <laughs> he looks. He looks in better shape than he was at the end of his Impact run. And I take back everything I said about removing his face paint because the face paint has taken thirty years off him. Like he doesn't look like an old guy. And he's like, oh, if, really if you remove anything, it's the hair. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> Go bald. We want bald Sting. That's what we want. Keep the face paint. Bald Sting. Right, on to, on to the negatives. So I can't believe I'm having to bury <laughs> what I'm about to bury, but I'm going to have to fucking bury Kenny Omega, aren't I? For teasing an announcement and then repeating the same spiel from Tuesday night, just paraphrasing it differently than giving us no announcement. Like, I mean, I get it's a heel tactic. I get that. But don't promote a huge announcement, then don't do it. But J, like, it was actually a really good segment for JR, as I've got down here that JR called Callis, uh, what was it, a boil on the arse of life. Which I thought was a <laughs> <great old woman. laughs> wow, and we're putting over JR, wow. One call. It must be one Christmas. Call. Yeah, exactly. And I also have to kind of kind of save Kenny a little bit for his lovely white snakeskin shoes, as they were lovely. Excellent. <laughs> it's the fashion. Just the other quick yeah. berry of the week is, I kind of want to bury the Dark Order situation, because they are now... Oh, no! no it's referenced like... Seven from WCW. No, I like that. Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed that. But <laughs> they, they have now... They're kind of feeling like the stable of jobbers again. That's, that's, I, that's, yeah. that's kind of what... How are you, but... <laughs> but yeah, that's the problem. And like... Where's it going, though, with the Dark Order? Because obviously Brody Lee is injured just now, so they, they're kind of stuck in limbo, I guess. Could have done, like, I think Brody could at least have done some like video packages or come yeah. out and done some mic work, potentially, because, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been putting over John Silver for weeks, but it's, it's not a legitimate threat, Alex Reynolds versus John uh, Silver, is it? It's, and it's feel, never going to be. I feel like... Um... They're kind of just deliberately doing this so that when Brody Lee does come back, it'll kind of be like a, a surprise, and he'll look at the Dark Order and be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, we're you know we're meant to be recruiting people. We're like you've been 
pottering about trying to recruit Hangman for weeks and weeks and weeks. Where's that gone? And I don't know, I might just start turning them into... Uh, yeah, if it comes back and they all get like the whip taken on them by by big old Brody, I'm kind of okay with it. I'm the opposite. I want to make him back. Power struggle, evil Uno beats uh, Brody Lee and becomes the exalted one. Yeah, I'd be I'd be good at that <laughs> I too. I just want them to do something more than be jobbers because yeah. they've been they've been so close to being jobbers the whole time they've existed, and they just keep tipping. And they've tipped back the jobbers for me currently. I'll call um, the retribution in the future. Oh, that's the dream match, isn't it? That's the dream match. Um, match of the night for me. Bucks versus TH2 only because I effing love a Navarro death roll. Nice. I have not seen that. I'll have to check that one out. But um, anything that TH2 uh, seemed like. Oh, and, and Helico is like one of my favourite wrestlers ever. I think. Yeah, that is. whole. <laughs> oh, Mexican Jesus Christ. Style's great, Which but... underground Mark has, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so, yeah, um, let's move on to NXT then. Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed the show, but it didn't really. It's kind of drifted away. We had a couple of decent matches on there, a lot of talking, but it just seems to be the next, kind of next stage. Um, we'll start over with the putovers, and I think you've got to start at the fact that Carrying Cross is back. Um, you know, obviously with him, they obviously they had to really pivot in the fact that he got injured after winning the belt, and then suddenly they found themselves, well, you know, storylines I'm guessing they had planned out and had to switch the title back on to Finn and what have you. But he's back, and, you know, it came in, destroyed Priest. Um, we had Scarlet coming down with um, her outfit. You've got to put over as her outfit as well, though she she had lots of spikes on her um, on her shoulders, and she's going to take someone's eye out with that if she if she doesn't watch out. Um, but yeah, Karrion Cross coming back. I I mean, I, we talked about when he joined the brand that he just looks like a threat, doesn't he? And he, he looks like he could step into on the main roster that void that Brock Lesnar's left. You know, um, I don't think he'll be on NXT for long because I think that's where they'll, they'll send him to, to step into that void. But you know, I almost hope they don't have him like win the NXT Championship back. Yeah. I hope they just have him run through someday and then just go straight to Raw. Yeah. I, because I don't think he needs it. No, yeah, he, he doesn't need the championship. And you know what? He, he, Raw needs someone like that. Aye. They need someone like that because there's no legitimate threat. And then the threat is that's Drew McIntyre, you know, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he, he, him coming back while he's on NXT, he'll certainly do the business there. And, and you know, if it gets set up for Bauer versus um, Cross, not problem, no problem with that. That'll be a, a cracker, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, putting over that, burying. Um, this is my my main buddy this week is NXT and its lack of, for a word, faces. There seems to be a hell of a lot of tweener people. There's not any, what I would say, over faces in NXT. When you look at the situation that Champ is in, Finn Balor, the Undisputed Era, everyone seems to be in a really kind of tweenery place at the well, moment. See, I'd argue that Balor was never really a face. Even since he's come well, when he was up on the main roster, he was. No, when he came back, back to NXT. NXT. When he came back, I would yeah, he started before obviously he did the the, the the turn on Gargano, but then you look at some of the matches on. It's like you had the Imperium versus the Grizzled Young Veterans versus the Ever Rise. I mean, who are you going for in that match? You know, I, I think that's NXT have struggled with getting the face heel balance right for a yeah. long time, and I think it might be because they focus and this again is something I know they're they're good at, but I think they focus too much on the in ring stuff. And not enough on building characters, yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, so when you look at the NXT roster, who can you actually say on that roster are the faces? Drake Maverick, 
Brizan. Keith Aye. Lee was a big one that they've thought Keith, that they've Keith struggled to replace. Keith, Keith Lee was. But again, you, you look around the roster and you go, there's no one. Riddle, when he was there. Shotzi definitely is. Shotzi definitely. But... And the women's side's fine. The women's aye, aye. You've got Rhea, you've got Eo. Well, Eo again's a tweener. He kind of... mm-hmm. Yeah, Eo's, Eo's been a weird one since that he, the Joshi Judas heel turn. Yeah, just kind of yeah but on, on the male side, there's no real like straight faces. And the, like Undisputed Era only are because we know that Pat McAfee's a heel. That, exactly. And even then, we like Pat McAfee. So. <laughs> it's strange one. I think that that's a real problem with NXT at the moment. I think there needs to be a wee bit of work done there. Uh, Paul, we're on the buddies. God almighty, aren't they just kicking the arse out of that license they got in War Pigs? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. They've obviously spent a fair penny on getting the license for that, and they are fucking milking it, I'll tell you that much, because uh, it was back then. But, you know what, That was it was quite nice. They, they did what I actually really liked was they ran a package, you know, the kind of the casualties of war games. And I don't think we see that enough, where they ran this great package of all the people that got injured. And it's just nice, a nice nod back to, to what happened, because obviously you had Bobby Fish getting injured. You had, uh, I think they over-exaggerated. Candice's arm, or Kai's arm. Candice's arm. Candice Slimmy's arm, I. But I think they're over-exaggerating injuries. I think they'll be quicker back than, than they are, just to, to emphasise the war game stuff. But I, I, I really liked how they did that. Uh, big... A, you know, honourable mention to Freddie Flintoff getting a mention on NXT, I think. <laughs> Freddie Flintoff, who apparently was offered a WWE contract. Shut up, really? Yep, that was that was one of the weird news stories that broke this week that um, we will mention or not mention later. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Freddie Flintoff was apparently offered a WWE contract and they said within the next couple of years, you'll be on the Royal Rumble, you'll be uh, at WrestleMania, and obviously, it doesn't come to fresh. That is, <laughs> I think he, leave him on top gear. Me. That's leave him on top gear. It's more a stang. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, got to put over uh, again. We're going back to uh, what the blood sports montage, which I'm <laughs> going to put down for Boa and ZLE. I'm excited right. about where this is going, and I'm, I'm what it's it got me intrigued, and I want to see where it's going to go. And they're going to, I think they're going to come back as some sort of lethal weapon type folk, and the but all the blood sports getting knackered on the back with the, the kendo stick and all that sort of stuff I love all that sort of stuff so that was great and can I just put an honourable I, I've totally forgot to bury Pete Dunn's tan Jesus Christ he looks jaundiced oh it, but you've got to put the boy's new body over that man put ah, he is, he is lean he is oh, very lean he needs to work on his tan and Jesus <laughs> Christ it's horrendous it puts Donald Trump to shame anyway so that was it that was NXT uh, match of the night um, I'm going for the freeway uh, again we don't know who to back on this match but Imperium versus Grizzle Young Ventures versus Ever Rise on the I know who I'm backing as a Liverpool fan that's all I'll say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love, I love the good old young veterans. So yeah, that three, three great teams, and it's nice to see ever ever are starting to get like a, a push now, which is really interesting. Uh, I was um, really waiting for Gary to make some kind of pun about the name there. Ever on. Let's move on to uh, SmackDown with Rico. Hi, um, I I only actually finished it about fifteen minutes before I came. Out. <laughs> I hadn't I hadn't finished the Sasha Banks and Carmella match, but uh, my hot takes from it this week. Um, again, um, a good show. And am I allowed to put over something that um happened on Talking Smack the week before? Oh yeah, I Talking Smack yeah. has been fantastic. Damn right, and um, I think it's all down to Paul Heyman and him having um Big E on the show there and um. 
getting a chance to speak to a guy like Kevin Owens as well, um, it's it's amazing to watch. Right when you get a good talker with Paul Heyman, um, and when you get Paul Heyman asking Biggie what he needs to do to step out of the shadows of the new day and replicate what Seth Rollins has done to become, uh, you know, his own like a, a wrestler in his own right, and what John Moxley's done. Um, although I didn't obviously reference him, but what what does Big E have to do to become, um, you know, separate from the New Day and start his challenge towards a world title? And Big E being speechless, um, I, I know it's like it's like a live it's like a live mic that we've got. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I hope it was a bit of both that Big E just didn't have a comeback. Basically saying I don't I don't know what I have to do. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll see a bit more of it, you know, this week coming. But that's certainly my first thing um, to put over uh, to from my buddies. Um, they're pretty pretty short, to be totally honest with you, because I quite enjoyed the show. But uh, DQ finishes, just in general, um, I think well, there's not a lot of thought put into them. Um, it's just, just a lazy trope to get an easy finish and push it to the pay-per-view. Exact word I was going to use is it's just a bit lazy and... You know, you, you don't always have to have a DQ finish just, just to get you through that next week. You can have a little bit more, you know, back and forth, tete-a-tete, and just, just talk more, you know. It's, yeah, just lazy. Um, and, Different ways. Uh, and my other buddy is it's a really small thing. Um, I was quite excited to see um, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler returning with Barry, <laughs> with Barry and Corbin. Uh, sorry, King Corbin. I should, sorry, King Corbin. Um, <laughs> Um, I have liked Baron Corbin. I've liked Ken Corbin for a long time, and him having his own little court school. Um, I was quite excited to see if they'll have uh, an interaction between Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy. But when Baron Corbin was being approached to do his interview, <laughs> Steve Cutler gets out a metal detector. For why? <laughs> I don't know what it added. Like nothing, basically, just a metal detector. And then I think Baron, uh, sorry, Ken Corbin said, "You know, it's it's a mic." And and they're called the, the Knights of the Lone Wolf is the oh, faction man. name. Is it? Man. Yeah. Have they, have they gone full medieval with the branding on that? Like I can already see like... The no, they're, the they're still wearing hoodies and suit jackets. So, <laughs> next week they're going to have to come out in like Scott Steiner style chainmail <laughs> over their heads. And stuff. <laughs> That'd be and cool. can, can we get Pete, can we sign Pete Williams to, to WWE just to join <laughs> this stable then please? <laughs> No, I mean his his finish wouldn't be as effective anymore, would it? You know, <laughs> but, everyone's doing it now. There was a, a really 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 short uh, putover before my main, my my other main putover was that um, it occurred to me just halfway through the show that we've not seen Lars Sullivan for a while, so that was nice. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> so my my main putover is uh, just like Kevin uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns rivalry in general. Um, I feel like Kevin Owens is starting to sort of make his way back into the main event picture and be taken seriously as a, a main event wrestler. Like him having said, you know, he, he doesn't fear Roman Reigns. It's, it's great. And his accusation of Roman Reigns being a coward is totally justified uh, by Roman continually sending out Jey Uso, Jey Uso uh, you know, be sent to the slaughter um, or just having sort of, you know, buying people's backs attacks. Um and that whole segment was great. I thought the the middle of the segment was a, a bit meh with Ko introducing like his his friends as uh, the tables, ladders, and chairs and being attacked, but uh, finishing really strongly with 
Roman attacking KO backstage and sort of basically threatening his entire family on camera. I thought it was just Roman Reigns is now like I know you're meant to I know you're meant to hate heels and I think he's he's really becoming an absolute dick. <laughs> I think he's doing he's doing really well at making you really dislike him. He's got all of the the heel um, characteristics down to tea and it's, uh, I'm really looking forward to their match at PLC. No, absolutely. absolutely. I love this this like new crazy world that we live in where we're all talking up Roman Reigns all the time. It's I just know, man. Bizarre, I isn't absolutely. It? He's one of the wrestlers of the year, I think, this year. Um, what's your match tonight, Rico? It was uh, Gable and Otis versus Cesaro and Chinsky. Um, so Gable's, I-, I think he's proven himself to be a better partner for Otis. Uh, he's starting to remind me uh, more and more of Kurt Angle with the way he, he talks uh, backstage and in the ring. And, yeah. you know, what's not to like about Cesaro and Chinsky? Um, they should probably be in the title picture instead of Segler and Ruth, but maybe they're saving that for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they find some more tag teams soon as well. That's That would be a good thing because Ram just going round again. Um, Gary, you've got about a minute to go because you're subtitling stuff. Can you do Raw in a minute? Buddies and putovers, go! Yes, I literally have one Biddy and one putover. So my putover is Seamus. Because I feel like everybody mentions that people, you know, oh, they do the humorous angle, they get humiliated. That guy had a jar of piss thrown in his face less than a year ago, and it's never affected him. He's one of the most legitimate wrestlers, I think, that we see in WWE today. We're going to see him in a WWE Championship program with Drew McIntyre going forward. He's absolutely brilliant. I just think that he can do everything. I think he's amazing on the mic. He's amazing in the ring. And I've mentioned it before. He's amazing. We've had these interviews on the show. He just is a guy that you'll ask him something, he'll give you an answer. So that... Now, Matt, I was going to bury Jackson Riker returning to Raw, but I think I mentioned it last week. So my burial is Raw. I'm just going to bury Raw because it's the end of the year. The past few weeks, Raw has been such a chore to watch. And for me... It is because it is just absolutely lacking direction. You know, we've got the, the thing they do. We, we mentioned disqualification finishes. Not even that. We had a thing that happened this week where we had three matches that ended by someone falling off the top rope and getting rolled up. It's just bad for a show. You know, a three-hour show at that. If you can't think of something to do in a three-hour show, you're... <sighs> you're probably, you know, not doing a good job if you're making an alcy at that much. For me, I just thought it was absolutely horrendous, and I think we're just no getting a good, you know, a good product in three hours. Uh, so that very own put over really quickly there. And for me, I think the main thing that came away for last night's uh, raw for me is that the match of the night is going back to the first put over and the only put over, and it's Sheamus. Seamus versus AJ Styles, I'll watch that any night of the week. They were absolutely amazing, and it's one of about four good Seamus matches we've seen in the last uh, four weeks. So, aye. Do you think you'll get another run at the title, Gary? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to keep it on Drew, but he's he's absolutely brilliant. You know, we've seen it on the, the match he had with Roman uh, a few years ago. I just think he's amazing. Yeah, no, I've always been a big fan of Seamus as well. Well, that, that's it for the Beats, Buddies and Putovers. Remember, if you've got anything you want to get into to the boys, you can do that on the main show. Uh, Rico, thank you very much for getting involved, mate. A pleasure. Anytime. Appreciate it. Always good to have you on. Uh, and like I say, uh, if you want to get your Buddies and Putovers into Rab and Grado, you can do that on our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, a Wrestling Daft podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook. Right, okay, um... 
VPN users out there, you use a VPN all the time, Alex, don't you? I do indeed. I do yeah. indeed. Gary, do you ever use one? I have started looking into it. I'm a complete boomer with technology despite my age, so I've started looking into it for the Premier League games. Yeah, well, it, we, we talked about it before. If you use ExpressVPN, you can get Peacock and you can get like the Premier League games for like four quid. But I need to say, using like the internet without ExpressVPN, it's a bit like going to the bog and not closing the door, really. Uh, because Oh, we all do that. Oh, we all do that. <laughs> well, you, you guys, I mean, you get. Depends mean, who's home. <laughs> I've got two kids running about, a dog running about. You know, I can't really do that in this household. But it's basically you need a VPN because I ISPs like BT or Sky Arts Internet Service Providers know every single website you visit, right? Uh, and they're required by law to store all of your metadata from the last year, right? So they know everything you're doing. But if you get involved with something like ExpressVPN, it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity can't be seen by anyone, you see. Uh, so it's easy. It's like closing the bathroom door, you know, because, you know, you don't want people seeing what you're doing in the bathroom. And that's what ExpressVPN does. It closes the door on the internet or on the ISPs so they can't see what you're up to. Not that you're up to anything dodgy, Alex. <laughs> uh, but basically, you could fire up the app, click one button, um, and you and you get that instant privacy. It's been rated number one by CNET, Wired, and the Verge Express PVN. So it's an absolute cracking uh, VPN if you're looking for one and, and looking for that security. Works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. So very easy to do. And right now we've got basically an offer for you just in time for Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. You can get three months of Express VPN for free if you sign up at expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. That's expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. Give the gift of ExpressVPN this Christmas and you get three months free and you get all that extra security. Okay, it's once again time to buzz those knocks and wrestle those minds as we're going to return to our glorious wrestling quiz of WrestleMind, the buzz knocks. As usual, we have our beautiful guest listener come on this week. His name is Ian. How are you this week, Ian? I'm doing great. It's good now to be here. You actually have your own podcast quiz. Yeah. So um, tell us about Our podcast is called the Undisputed Wrestling Podcast. We do like a, like a, a mix of quizzes. We do throwback specials, where, and also we're starting a, a thing up now where we're going to be doing um, movie reviews that are featured wrestlers. <laughs> so um, we started off with Santa Slay, which releases tomorrow. <laughs> that was that was fun. <laughs> yeah, but I apparently can some really good content from that. Um, and the next one we're doing is zombies versus wrestlers. I'm opting out of that one. I'm not bothering going, going to um, review that one. I've got it on DVD under my bed somewhere, um, and I'm trying to get rid of it. I, I'd leave it there. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that one should ever really see the light of day. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So who would you like to compete with this fine this fine evening? Out of all threes. Well, I, unfortunately, I need to oh, be the host. Yeah, you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> Alex would get 100%, sadly. Probably, probably John, obviously, because I know Gary is like a, a um, journalist, if you call that. John, okay, John. The, uh, John, the winner of a quiz on music who doesn't seem to do the business here. I, I know, but it's, it's no matter your music. Listen, if it's a 90s indie quiz, you'd be absolutely annihilated. <laughs> uh, okay, come on in, Mulney, bring it on, son. <laughs> okay, so I'm sticking to my numbers this week, but we're being uh, a little bit less specific about the year. So round one, we're going to go with the format that we had last week where... Um, 
turnabout, we're gonna, gonna be who can get the closest to the specific number of the question that I ask. So question number one, everyone's favorite um, random tag team partner King was always Kane. But how many tag team partners did he win the gold with? Ooh, good one. So I think we always start with the markup first. Ian, do you wanna do you wanna get in there first? Who are we going with here? Demon. Oh, it's a Kane. Kane, yeah. So it's how many tag team, how many different partners has Kane held the belts with? I'm gonna say five. Melanie goes for five. John? I'm trying to count in my head. I'm gonna go four. You're gonna go for four? Yeah. I'm slightly disappointed in you for that one, John, because it's a lot higher than that. It's double that. It's eight. Really? So I've, I've got the list here just I've, because I've I know got, that I would be I questioned went, on this one. I went uh, X-Pac, yep. Daniel Bryan, obviously, Undertaker, and Big Show. Yep. But then you've missed um, The Hurricane, Rob Van Dam, Mankind, and... Um, Big Show. And Big Show, yeah, Big Show. I said Big, Big Show. Big show. Well. Did you say Big Show? Nah. That's, that's nearly as much as um, Edge has had. I'm pretty sure Edge has had, like, the most title reigns with different people. Yeah, it's, it's been quite a lot. Like, he's just every... He, like, even, like, um, Shawn Michaels at one point and Hulk Hogan has Edge not had as well. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, moving on to question number two. That one goes to Ian. Sorry, I made that overly clear. It's 1-0. Moving on to question number two. Now, my favourite hardcore wrestler has got to be Mr. Crash Holly. R.I.P. R.I.P. to my favourite Holly. All I would like to know is how many times did he hold the hardcore championship? My, uh, Ian, sorry, John, you'll be up first. 19. 19. I like the way you're learning to not go for these low numbers anymore. Um, should I go higher or should I go lower? Um, I might need Bruce for safety to help me here, but <laughs> <laughs> um, should I go higher or should I go lower? Like I'll do that. Th- I heard, I'm pretty sure I heard people doing it last week, where they go 18 or 20. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of seems <laughs> yeah, to be the play in this round. Yeah. Uh, that's no cheating. It's playing smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, funnily enough, I used to get called Crash Holly when I was at school. That was my nickname because um, my pals, my pals thought I looked like Crash Holly with my blonde, short blonde hair. Um, I'll go. I'll go twenty-one. It goes for twenty-one, and you've almost, almost oh, nailed it because Crash wow. had twenty-two reigns with the belt. I'm afraid I don't really have any specifics on that, but twenty-two uh, is what Wikipedia says. And finally, everyone always thinks of Triple H as this big-time WrestleMania player, but he is in fact the man who has had the most losses overall at the show of shows. But how many losses has he had, Ian? What do you think? Mm. I'll go. I'll go twelve. He goes for twelve. That's a John. Now you've got the classic higher or lower scenario. And I'll go ten. You'll go Is for it eleven 10. by any chance. You're close. Oh, it's 13. Oh, it's really? 13, <laughs> 13 losses. I was going to write a list, but then I thought I'll be here until Christmas, so I just have to read out the entire list. But at the end of round one, Ian is 3 0 up on John, and John's awful quizzing luck continues. Oh, yeah. That is something that's not been said before. I've never been 3 0 up in anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys were once again kind of moving into the prices right kind of spectrum here. So last week we were talking about ratings. This week we're talking about contracts. So, same format again as last week. So, uh, one of you will make the guess at how many million this wrestler or employee gets paid a year, and then the other one has to guess whether it's higher, lower, or correct. So, 
I believe we are on to John's turn. So, Ian, do you want to give us a quick guess of how much you think Roman Reigns earns every year? This including sponsorship, or is this just... No, this is just WWE. And before I start, all of these figures are from our third favourite, second favourite journalist, Mr. Alex McCarthy at at TalkSport. But one of them was from Sportskeeda, so you can make up your own mind about that one. (laughs) Right, um... Hold on. I'm going to go five million. Right, so John, the benchmark is set at five million. Are we higher, lower, or on the money? Uh, higher. It's really not your day, John, because five oh million is in fact God. absolutely on the money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for, funnily enough, on my podcast, I'm known as the Brandon Cutler of the podcast because I keep getting beat all the time. <laughs> eventually I did get a win and also Brandon Cutler eventually got his win so um, I actually got a cameo message for my birthday uh, back in October there from him Amazing. <laughs> he was cheering me on <laughs> fantastic uh, right so John do you want to pitch us a figure for Bray Wyatt the Fiend it's going to be a lower than Roman I'll no, just give me give me the figure here just give me you give me the you set the figure then uh, Ian's got a guess if it's higher or lower or right three mil three million so three million, higher, lower, or on the money? In. Um, I'll go for two. He goes for two, so he's going for lower. Three million. He only one gets million. paid one million, unfortunately, which is a bit of a shock for me personally. I thought he'd, I thought he'd be getting a little bit more. So that's no points. So our next one. Oh, the point for Ian, isn't it? Point for Ian. No, because you got it. Well, you got it wrong. So Ian got it wrong. So it's only one. You only get one. It's only only one of you can get the point. Oh, yeah, it's only the person who's being asked the question can get the point. So Ian got it wrong. So he got no points. I don't understand this round. Okay, continue. It's okay, John. Just just tell me what you think. I know it's Ian's Ian's turn. Tell me what you think. Bill Goldberg earns a year. Hopefully not more than Bray Wyatt. (laughs) Um, Oh, so it'd be mostly an ambassador kind of like contract. I'm guessing as well because he doesn't appear that much. Hmm. I'll probably go two two million. Okay, John, two million. Higher, lower, or on the money? I would hope it would be lower, but I think it might be higher. Ding, ding, ding. John I gets his first one. point well, on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Bill well, gets paid three million dollar dues per year. Two matches. Oh, yeah, two matches. I mean, Andy gets a flight to Saudi Arabia as well. He doesn't want That's that. A, it's more than Jericho money. is when we from <laughs> Japan. Or as we will mention. But a few badly hit um, jackhammers. <laughs> Pretty much. And so, uh, so it's... Oh, John. Be- so our next one is Becky Lynch. How much do you think she earns? Becky, uh, is it well, up to... Yeah, it's, it's already there. Okay, I've just written that. So <laughs> Becky Lynch earns three millions and I pressed the button too quickly. So we'll just move oh. on to the last one then. Seth Rollins. How much do you think lovely Seth Rollins earns? Uh, Four million. Okay, four million is the guess. Ian, higher, lower, or on the money? I'd probably say right on the money. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. He is correct. Right on the money. I did have six for this round prepared, but since I ruined one, we're just going to have to skip over and move to the final round. Now, I reckon you picked the correct contestant today, Ian, because I know for a fact that John knows absolutely nothing <laughs> about <laughs> the question I'm Your about dad's to pick ask. Your one, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so... The PWI 500 is everyone's favorite list of ranking wrestlers by things like matches, their performances, and everything like that. So, John Moxley was our number one. We're going to be discussing the rest of the top 10. So, how this is going to work 
since Ian's in the lead, he's going to get the first pick. As you each, Ian's going to say one name, then John's going to say one name, and so on and so forth. Till you've each given me five names, and then we'll see how many points you get and how many you've got right. Does it need but, to be an order? No, it doesn't need to be in order. They just so have to guess. They just they're essentially going to give me five picks each, but one after another, so they can't have the same one. Yeah, so this can be male or is it just male? It's male. just male, I believe. Yeah. Right. So Ian, do you want to give me your first pick? I'll go for um, Drew McIntyre. Right, so he's got Drew. John? Jericho. Jericho. Uh, Ian? Uh, oh, is that right? Great. Um, I'll go through them all at the end, John. I'm just going to get all the answers for Okada. Kazuchika Okada. I think I pronounced that right. Kada. John? Adam Cole. Ian? Um, it's hard on. I'll go MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman John Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes Ian um, somebody from what's his name what's his name oh I'll go for somebody for WWE. Come on, um, Randy Orton, Randall, Randall Keith, John, Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ian, your final pick. I'm trying to think of the guy that's str- swing blade. What's his name? Jay White. Jay White. Yeah. Jay White. Well, see, I'd actually argue that the Sling Blade is more associated with Hiroshi Tanahashi, but that's a conversation for a different day. (laughs) John, final pick. Oh, Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the Switchblade. Yeah, it's a Switchblade. I've not, I can remember his nickname slightly. AW, I think we've got enough of. It's it's Meltzer, isn't it? So it's always New Japan. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not 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 Meltzer. Ah, oh, impact, impact, impact. AJ Styles, AJ Styles. Not that he works impact. for Impact. I know, I know, I know. Like I, know, I, know. I just while, AJ so. Styles just popped into my head. Okay, so here we go. We're going to go through each of your answers, and we'll give you some points. So, first up, John had Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho comes in at number three, so that's one point for John. His second pick, Adam Cole. Adam Cole was number two, so that's two in a row. John, you're, you're doing pretty well here. Um, John's third pick was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was at number seven for John. Nails yeah. three in a row. His next pick was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Unfortunately, doesn't feature. And his final pick also gets points. So your final pick is AJ Styles. So that's four out of five, John. I have to well say, done, I'm John. very, very that impressed. Is, that is quite decent for me. I'm very, very impressed with your round there. So that puts you up to a total of five points overall. Now, Ian going into this round was sitting on four. So, Ian, you need two out of your five here to win this. So, first up, Drew McIntyre, who, of course, was number four. So that draws it level with one point. Kazuchika Okada, who is number six, that pretty much takes down the win. MJF doesn't feature. Randy Orton also doesn't feature. And neither does Switchblade Jay White. And for the the listeners, just to finish making up the list, the names you could have had, you could have had Tetsuya Naito, Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston. Mm. So well done, guys. Well done. That, so that leaves us with a final score of John with one of his best quiz performances all the way up on five points. 
But unfortunately, he still does remain in the losing position. And this week's winner on a full six points is Mr. Ian. Well done, sir. Well done. Well done, Ian. Thank you. I eventually won a quiz. A set, that's two and all. Oh, sorry, not too <laughs> about a hundred times I've been bet. <laughs> I like the way that was the battle of the quiz losers. And John, you're still you're still letting down the side, mate. We need to stop this feature. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will see you all soon for the feature length festive edition of WrestleMind. Yeah, festivals. remember get on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and you can get the Marks versus Rabin Grado in a big WrestleMind the Buzznox playoff for brand supremacy. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Wrestling News. With Inside the Ropes, Gary Cassidy. Hello, Gary. That was very uh, fluidly and fluently and flawlessly said there. That was a... Uh, Thanks. Is, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't present this show for nothing, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've not got 20 years radio experience for nothing. Um, how's the week in news been? Have you been on the case for anything? No, it's been a pretty quiet week, although although I did get a couple of things out of uh, Mike Kyoda, which was good fun. I don't oh, know. Uh, is it Kyoda or Chioda? Well, like it's called Coyote backstage. I already did, so I, I'm, I'm assuming it's Kyoda, but I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got a couple of wee questions anyway. I've done something with Ad Three Shows. Complete divergence here for what the actual news was. But um, I had, there was a thing with Ad Three Shows where they had a watch along with um, him watching back his match that he refereed between Hulk Hogan and The Rock at WrestleMania 18. I think. Yeah, best one. The um, so I just because I do a few th- wee things with ad free shows, I got to be part of that and ask him a couple of questions afterwards about the Montreal screw job and stuff like that. So um so the opposite of news, uh, old um, essentially would be what it is. But I um I it wasn't anything particular news. Well, they just some good fun about him being beside Owen Hart and stuff, uh, while all was going on and what was actually meant to happen. However, the actual news, um something I actually listened to yesterday, Chasing Glory with Lillian Garcia. This week she had Elias on it, and it's one of those ones where I was like, that's a bit of an odd one. And then I realised, wait a minute, we've not actually heard Elias do many interviews at all outside yeah. of what he does in WWE. So it was quite an interesting episode because he spoke a lot about, um, you know, nearly being fired for, for WWE, which is something that everybody always wants to know about when people that are still in a job are nearly fired. Um so yeah, he opened up about that and he said, one thing I was very aware of when I was there was that people said no, uh, the, the people that said no at my tryout were now in charge of my job uh, and their minds didn't change. So he said, William Regal had always said yes and liked him, uh, but the people that said no, well, they're running the show. Of course, didn't they mention any names, but... I'm guessing we're talking Triple <laughs> easy, uh, easy to confirm who's... Uh... Would it have been Dusty? Would it have been Dusty? Um, when Elias got into it, I don't think he'd have been one of the people that had been the decision maker. I think he'd yeah. have been after the decision was made. Um, so I, I think, 
think your first guess might have been right. Um, <laughs> instead, William Regal was the one that always said, yes, you know, completely advocating or, or um, getting rid of him for any blame. But he said, I didn't know anybody in the business as far as nobody got him. You know, no family members, friends, anything like that. He was an outsider to the crew, which... Again, this is one of those ones. He didn't have a huge indie career. I think it was called something Shulo on the indies. You know, nobody really knew who he was. Uh, everybody said when he went to Raw, he was, you know, more fitting for Raw than NXT. So he spoke to how he wasn't he really a big indie star and said he was made aware of at two different times, um, which you can imagine walking into work every day knowing that the guy right there wants to fire him. So there you go, a specified gender. It's a guy that, <laughs> that was running the show that didn't, didn't like him. But yeah, he's so... He's it, key for that, isn't he? I don't think so. That Well, this uh, this podcast is now on the WWE Network because Lillian Garcia's Chasing Glory is now there. Aye. Um, and they, they seem to be quite happy with people talking about this kind of thing because there was the, the Liv Morgan one where... You know, it's came out it that, well, how bad is creative if they just left it off TV for months without a plan? Um, so they seem to be okay with people talking about these kind of things because, you know, their story. I think they've realised that um, you need realize like yourself will talk about them regardless, Gary. So yeah, Chuck it on the network and get a few viewers from it. You might yeah, as well. you may as well. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's what podcasts are all about. You know, if you if try and edit everything and just, you know, suppress everything, it's not going to be any excitement, you know, by the time it goes through lawyers and Vince McMahon or whoever else, you know, you're not going to get a real real story. So I guess that's good that they're doing that. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they've got that sort of stuff through. I, I noticed as well, Gary, he had some sort of Italian gimmick, Aye. Which, which would have been really interesting. <laughs> He is, you know, I said his surname is Shulo. It's uh, S-C-I-O-L-L-O, I think it is. But, um, but that's a very Italian name. So I believe it has Italian heritage. But he said that he was given 30 days to create a character for himself or was told maybe you'd be better off somewhere else. He created the Drifter gimmick uh, and pitched it to a round table of coaches and they liked the character, but it was taken off the table in favour of said Italian gimmick. So, and so I'm glad that didn't well. happen now. Yeah, yeah. Can we figure out if he could, is it not true he couldn't play guitar when he proposed the Drifter gimmick and he's slowly been learning to play guitar as his career progresses? I'm not sure, but I love that and hope it's true because he's got a Fender sponsorship true. now. Yeah, yeah, because like, you hear his early stuff and he is not comfortable holding a guitar. I hope that is true. I don't think that can be true. He must have he must have went with the gimmicks and I can play guitar, so that's... Nah. Yeah, probably. He's too good a player now. He's too good a player, I would say. I'm going to do research on this because I don't want someone do tomorrow claiming that I've made some crazy rumour about Elias. Let us know in the comments below. Um, so, yeah, let's move from Elias and... Good news for Big Alex here. We know he's a big fan of New Japan and potentially the return of the Painmaker to NGAPW. Aye, so this is an interesting one because, you know, most of this news, again, is looking back at something that happened quite a while ago. Uh, and it's looking back at Jericho's match with Tanahashi. Uh, you know, praised quite highly by Meltzer, uh, who has now spoken about Harold Mage, uh, the person that I knew nothing about this guy apart from him being in charge of New Japan up until this year, and now the stories just keep funneling out about uh, about his running of New Japan. So apparently, he had no plans for Jericho to return before the pandemic, 
because Jericho is earning $100,000 per match Jeez. in New Japan. <laughs> so I think I mentioned a few weeks ago about uh, Cody talking about the tiers of AEW contract. They said, you know, tier one, you're signed by signed for five appearances, and then you've got tier one, two, three, four, and then the Jericho tier. I think we understand a bit more about what that Jericho tier is when we hear $100,000 for a match uh, in New Japan. However has now been replaced. Uh, I think the pronunciation is Takami Obari. I'm not I'm, sure if I'm that's unsure. correct. I'm I've not heard it spoken yeah. either. So. Uh, yeah, but either way, the new New Japan president, um, and apparently there is renewed interest in bringing Jericho back. It's one of those ones that came out the blue for me because I always thought, you know, he's probably going to be back at some point anyway, just sporadically because... It's Jericho and he seems to enjoy working in Japan. Um, but Melzer said, I know that when Harold Mage was there, uh, because of the cost, he wasn't that hot on bringing Jericho back. Uh, Jericho actually, I believe, does not have a contract in New Japan any longer. I think that's expired. But with Harold gone, I know there is renewed interest in Jericho, uh, but it doesn't matter now because they couldn't go to Wrestle Kingdom 15, so it's something further down the line. So I, an interesting one, one that I completely thought that, you know, Jericho probably didn't have a proper contract with them anyway and was just working every now and again, but at least interesting to know these things. It makes me, did you hear about, was it Last Wrestle Kingdom when they didn't pay the copyright for Jericho's music, even though he technically owns the copyright? Yes. This is probably why, Jericho, because you cost $100,000 a fucking match, right? <laughs> And I'm pretty sure the cost of copyright isn't included in that $100,000. Yeah, add the copyright <laughs> into the cost of your matches, mate. I don't think that's unreasonable. 100,000 grand a match, wow. Uh, and this one uh, is from Inside the Ropes itself, this story. Um, Kenny's been on the, the, the case, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, sat down with Kevin Owens and got some really good stuff from him, Gary. Uh, this was good fun for me to transcribe as I done last night uh, <laughs> after filling myself with pizza just to give people a peek behind the curtain at what my life is like. Uh, I, Kenny asked, he was on a, a really small round table event, which I believe was only four journalists uh, talking to Kevin Owens and asked the thing that, I mean, I wouldn't even have thought to ask this, I've been completely honest, about Kevin Owens' rivalry with Vince McMahon. And how it feels to be, you know, one of the last people to have done that with Vince. You can imagine there's probably not going to be too many others going forward. Um, and if there was ever any plans coming for it. And Kevin Owens opened up and said that match that he had where he was paired with Sami Zayn against Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Well, 75% of the folk in that match were originally planned, but he believes that uh, Daniel Bryan was a replacement for one Vince McMahon. <laughs> so it looks like we we're going to have Kevin Owens and Vince McMahon in the ring and Vince and Shane teaming together, which I think is a big story in itself. Uh, and he said, um, yeah, that being in the ring and, and getting to do the stuff with Vince was really cool, uh, but he wishes it led to more. They said, you know, who, who doesn't feel that way? He spoke about the fact that they almost had that match and then went on to say that Vince said um, that one of the things Vince said to Kevin Owens was, I can't run WrestleMania and focus on a match at the same time. No, he's done it before, but maybe he's a lot more involved now in everything else. Uh, and then the, the other thing that I remember um, that Kevin Owens kind of said on, on kind of that was that if anyone that's a casual viewer was to tune in and see him in the ring with Vince McMahon, they instantly think he's a star. So the amount that does for some days is unreal. So I a really, really interesting one. It was one of those ones I hate transcribing stuff, but it was actually quite enjoyable to transcribe that and find out that story. I, for one, I'm glad that match didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, thank God that didn't happen. Imagine that. Shane and 
against Sammy and Kevin. Jesus Christ. I think Vince would have won it with a stunner as well. That's my that's my thinking. Vince would have delivered a stunner to Kevin Owens and won the match. But that's oh. just speculation, obviously. <laughs> that would have been horrible. Any other uh, t- nice little tidbits came out of that interview, uh, Gary? Um, I've not actually listened back to the full thing yet. It only <laughs> happened last night. Uh, wow, really? So, uh, so not no much has actually came for it yet. I've not listened back to it. I need to actually listen to the full thing. One of the ones I was like, I can write it up, Kenny. Send me the exact time code where this is said because I'm only transcribing that and then getting back to my, my bad Christmas films uh, featuring WWE superstars. Oh, what what, what uh, bad Christmas films have you been watching? Jingle All The Way, which has the big show in it, of course. Of course and uh, that's not a bad film, Hall though. Famer. Uh, Hall of Famer. Schwarzenegger. Yep, yep, of course. Uh, aye, that's another one. Uh, and also, a film that mentions a Hall of Famer but was not in the Hall of Fame at this time, Santa's Little Helper, starring The Miz and Paige, where he mentions Donald Trump. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, and then of course, Home Alone Two's got Donald Trump, who's also that also has Donald Trump in it. There we go. There we go. All comes together. Um, I was having an argument today, and I know we're getting slightly off the news, and we're, we're wrapping up this section. But um, could Lethal Weapon be considered a Christmas movie? No, I, see, I'm, I'm I'm completely anti Die Hard being a Christmas film. It's oh, a film set at Christmas. Cool. It's not a Christmas film. If you're saying that, you chuck any any film that's got a Christmas scene on it and you've got Mean Girls as a Christmas film. So. And Mean like, Girls is a fucking excellent film. Aye, aye. And Lindsay Lohan's a big wrestling fan as well. So. Oh, we can't talk about Lindsay Lohan. Rachel <laughs> McAdams is the true star of that film, right? Ah, she's not a wrestling fan. Oh, Who my, can God. oh my God. You're sitting talking. I'm trying to talk about Die Hard and you two are sitting <laughs> talking about bloody Mean Girls. Have you ever seen Mean Girls, John? If you haven't, go and watch it. It's terrific. It's one of the one best scene? teen drama films of the naughty era. But is it set during Christmas? It has a Christmas scene in it, yes. One a very, it has an iconic Christmas scene in it that was recreated during AEW Dark this week um, by a wrestler that appeared. I can't remember who the wrestler is. I keep thinking it's Danny Luna, but it's no, that's an NXT signing. Um, but she done the full, there's a, a, a thing where they do a full choreographed dance to Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, and she done that as her entrance in AEW Dark this week. Wow. For anyone that watches AEW Dark. <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock also used uh, in Lethal Weapon in the opening <laughs> So I'm just saying... I'm just saying Lethal Weapon should be... Co- anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll have this argument another day, but I would say Lethal Weapon should be... In at least a year. <laughs> where, do you, where do you stand the Gremlins? Aye, aye, aye. Sad, sad, yeah, Gremlins is a Christmas film. film. Right, okay, so you're saying Gremlins <laughs> is a Christmas film, but Die Hard isn't? Die Hard isn't he? Nah. No, I'm, kind of, I'm on the Die Hard is a Christmas film side. So. Right, okay. Well, aye. I would say if Die Hard is a Christmas film, Lethal Weapon is definitely a Christmas <laughs> film. If you can say Die Hard is, I win the argument, go and Google it. Um, Die Hard uh, and Lethal Weapon Christmas films and you're wrong Gary and Alex as long as Mean Girls is a Christmas film my, well, I'm okay well my main problem is people that say Frozen is a Christmas film just oh, because that's not right small. that's not right no it was at Christmas but right. and it's actually set at the very opposite of Christmas it's set in Midsummer, which is the exact opposite of Christmas because it's the 20th of June the longest day of the year so that's my one gripe if I was cutting a promo this week it'd be on people who think Frozen's a Christmas film you go for it, mate. You go for it. <laughs> I, and thank you very much for the news and Christmas film no. update. <laughs> uh, big guess on wrestling Daft the Marks this week. Um, we've been promising it for a wee while. Uh, it's AEW, I guess you would say that now. It's AEW's Arn Anderson. Yeah, one of the four horsemen. Um, the guy who I would say delivers the best spinebuster on the planet. 
despite having not seen him do it in his prime. I think I can still say that. Uh, and he did tell me he had a couple left yeah. in him. So, aye, that interesting lot stuff. A lot of Spinebuster chat in there. So uh, you can find out who Arn reckons has got the best Spinebuster out with himself. Uh, as Gary caught up with one and only, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Yeah, again, it's one of these things where I will give an introduction, but the person needs no introduction. Currently plying their trade in AEW, but... The thing we're here to discuss, we're going to go through their WWE career and talk a little bit about a few things that have come up in the past few months in wrestling as well. It is the man behind the Arn show on ad free shows. It's Arn Anderson. How's it going today, Arn? Very good, my friend. Very good. Yourself? I am not too bad. I know it's a lot earlier for you than it is for me, so I'm not going to complain at all. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about the podcast that you're doing first, because, you know, if anyone's got this far into watching this particular interview, then they obviously want to hear what Arn Anderson has to say. And on um, the Arn show, which is part of ad-free shows, which I absolutely love, you are talking about all things wrestling, a lot of wrestlers and a lot of legends in wrestling have podcasts nowadays. My favorite thing is when it's someone like yourself, you've lived the business, you know, you've been in wrestling a long time. Why did you feel it was important to, to have a podcast and what made you want to start doing it in the first place? Well, <clears throat> I come from an era where bad guys were bad guys. Good guys were good guys. I wasn't available for these type interviews by design because you've got to be you, you know, I won't, I won't insult you and come on your show and be Arn Anderson hundred percent without being letting you see Marty Lundy. And I've, it took me a long time to figure out because all these years, 38 years I've been in the business, I was never available for autograph sessions by design. I wasn't wanting to be liked. I didn't do shows, you know, radio. Back then it was radio shows, call in radio. You know, I wanted to keep that unless I could protect Arn Anderson, the character, because I thought that's what the audience was paying to see. That's what they liked. You know, even that I was a real horse's ass a lot of times, that's what a lot of people liked. They liked to see me go on an interview and cut a guy's head off, you know, verbally. That's what a lot of people appreciate it. And so this podcast, when Conrad came to me, and it was just a a couple of days after I was released from WWE, and he said, I got an idea for you. I got a platform for you. How would you feel about doing a podcast? And what I was prepared to do at that time, because I haven't done any of those either, was some of these Comic-Cons and personal appearances of that nature. Wanted to come to the UK. Fans are fantastic. And all these years, I've never had the opportunity to just say, hey, thank you for your support. You know, thanks for all the years of just being great fans. We've loved coming over and performing for you. I've never had the opportunity to do that. And I knew that this podcast would give me that opportunity. So uh, it's a grading on the curve. I'm learning to not breathe in every other syllable which is annoying when I go back and hear it. So, uh, you know, it, it gave me a lot of opportunity just to, to say thank you to all the fans. 
Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And that's the thing for me that I mentioned when it's people who have lived in the business, there's so much to learn. There's years worth of stuff that you can put out there. So there's endless amounts of uh, podcasts that people can listen to, which is great and always learn. Of course, one of the things that, you know, will be something people always want to hear about is the four horsemen. You know, I don't know if there was ever a more legendary faction in wrestling. Obviously, some people might debate it, but I think it's very difficult to debate against the four horsemen being the greatest ever. It's something a lot of people have tried to replicate. You know, people always say, who will be the next four horsemen? Here's the four horsewomen. It's always something that people go back to. What are your thoughts on people always trying to replicate the four horsemen? Well, the one thing I think that is lost on a lot of people and you go back and you, and you watch it. Um, we had a formula. We would go on television and 100% of the time, just about, let's say 99, it was a favorable outing for us. We would go thump somebody. We would roll to the interview desk. We'd pick up a mic and we would become Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, JJ, those characters came to life. I think a lot of these factions these days, they don't realize that our sole purpose was to go on that TV, piss a lot of people off, go to the live events at night and just get our ass handed to us. Yeah. That's what the people paid to see in those days because we had a lot of heat with people. They wanted us to be shut up. Somebody shut these guys up. A lot of the other factions are there, and I understand this, to get themselves over, you know what I mean, push themselves. And once they get to the live events and night, they're not that gun-ho about giving you the fans what they want, which is four horsemen getting their ass kicked for 30 minutes. And that's always going to be the difference, how unselfish that group of guys were. Didn't matter if it was Dusty, the Road Warriors, the Rock and Roll Express, one week we could be getting our ass handed to us by the Rock and Roll Express. The next week it was uh, the Road Warriors. The next week it was Dusty and somebody. And it was all the same. Let the audience have what they want. And, and that's the key to our faction. That's the reason it is, you know, lasted the test of time. I love to have a person your age come up to me and say, Man, my grandmother hated your guts. <laughs> the greatest compliment of all. So that I think that's the secret to our success. Unselfishness, knowing our job description and going out and giving the paying customer what they want. Yeah, most definitely. And and that's I think one of the things for me, obviously, people try to emulate that. And it's something that translates to the ring as well because a lot of people use the spine buster now. I think it's one of those moves that hasn't lost its effectiveness. You know, people will always compare like DDTs, Jake the Snake doing the DDT. You knew it was over. Do you think people using the spine buster a lot has cheapened your use of it in any way? Or do you think people always look at it and go, ah, it's never going to be as good as an Arn Anderson spine buster? Well... I hate to toot my own horn. <laughs> this looks like a perfect chance to toot, toot. A lot of people do excellent spine busters today. A lot of people do variations. I've always looked at it as 
is honoring the move and, and me to a degree. The funny thing is, since I've retired and I've only done a few scattered spine busters, everyone has been so generous. They went, now that's a spine buster. And it's almost, it returned because I did make up the move. It is my move. I introduced it, came up with it. And back in those days, no one would have dreamed doing another guy's signature move. But now that I've retired, guys would ask me. And, you know, out of respect, I said, sure, man, I'm done. You know, take take it. I think the audience has been very generous in the fact that mine seems to have a little more impact, even when it doesn't have more impact, if that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and, and that's the kind of thing for me where, you know, whenever you hear or see a spine buster, sometimes the commentary will say Arn Anderson. A lot of the time they will, but if not, I still automatically think Arn Anderson. And that speaks volumes for, uh, for the legacy that you've left with the spine buster. Uh, I want to ask about a couple of names. Obviously, you mentioned that you've done a few spine busters in recent years. We've seen a couple in AEW, or at least in the format of AEW. So yep. I want to ask about a couple of names in AEW. One of my favorite things that, um, that came up recently, I was on a media call where Cody Rhodes said the best thing about Arn Anderson being in AEW is that Arn Anderson isn't playing a coach in AEW. Arn Anderson is a coach, which means it's legitimate. You know, you are you know, you're Arn Anderson on screen, but you're Arn Anderson off screen in AEW as well. What do you see your role as in AEW? Are you kind of just there to, to help everyone along the way? Or is it a case of, I might have one more match in me like DDP did? Oh, no. <laughs> Trust me, you saw me sit down in this chair or walk across the room, you would not believe that. He's yeah. done. <laughs> No, I tell you explicitly, again, in this same time time frame of being released from WWE, I got a call from Cody. He said, I would like for you to come to TV. We got something good here. I'd like for you to see it and uh, just tell me what you think. And I have been explicitly from day one a guy that was brought in because when Cody first started with WWE day one, I talked to Dusty and I said, I will keep an eye on him and I'll take care of him. Now that did not mean, and nor did Dusty believe it meant that I, he was going to get any special treatment. It meant I was going to get in his ass more so than anybody else. Cause I felt like I owe his father. You know, when I came to Crockett promotions and started working with Dusty Rhodes, it elevated me about tenfold. Um, I never would. I never forgot that. So I stayed on. I rode Cody and Ted DiBiase Jr. harder than anybody else, and I was very close to both of their dads, and still am. Uh, and I felt like I owed them the respect as telling them when they stunk, and there was a few times they really stunk, and telling them a pat on the ass when they did a pretty good job, and then when they had that rare occasion as they were climbing the, you know, the ranks where they had an outstanding performance. I told them that. I think he wanted that same honesty uh, now that he's a top player because it's easy to look on the outside in 
but when you're on the inside looking out, sometimes you got to change a few things. And that's what I'm there for. I'm not a coach. They have a, a group of incredible, you know, coaches. I'm just there to advise Cody. Of course, now, if a young talent comes up to me specifically and says, would you watch my match tonight and tell me what you think? I'm honored to do that. But that's not my job. It's not a regular thing. I'm just getting to know that list of talent. A lot of those guys – I don't even know where they came from. A lot of talented guys, too. It's like they just suddenly appeared, but it meant they had been on the Andes and hadn't worked for a big company yet. So they were brand-new, fresh talent. Yeah. Um, I think the company is doing an incredible job. One year out, a one-year startup, wow, something to be proud of. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. And uh, there's another name or names that would be FTR. Yeah, that was the exact next question I had to ask. <laughs> I will say, and I have said for probably a year and a half now, they're the best team in the world. And they've done their homework, and I'm so flattered and honored that they've said they pattern themselves after Tully and I. Well, I went on record to say as well, they're much better than Tully and I. They're just more athletic. They can do more things. You know, they're, uh, they're just, you know, bang, 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 bang. Their cardio is just incredible. And they work at a pace that's different from when Tully and I were a team. I would say this, and I tell those guys, and I think it pisses them off. You know, there's always who would win between you guys. Well, if we leave it to the athletics, they're going to win. I just don't think they're as nasty as we were. <laughs> and I think that would be the deciding factor. So when they see this, they're going to be pissed. But <laughs> I feel like they are the best team in the world. And, and every team the next morning that has wrestled them are better for it. Yeah, most definitely. And you, you already beat me to the FTR question because I had to ask about them next. So I'm going to ask you about one particular match instead. Man, that FTR Young Bucks match that we saw just a couple weeks ago, for me, the best thing about it is the storytelling because, oh man, that had an incredible story all the way throughout. And then even the end, there was, you know, a flip from a team that notoriously hate flips. What did you think of that match overall? And what do you think of, you know, the complete contrast between FTR and the Young Bucks? Well, you know, I loved it. And it's the part that's missing in the industry. <clears throat> we can't go backwards and take all the flip-flop and fly out of the business because it's already been industry yeah. and introduced to the industry. You guys have accepted it. You like it. We need to leave it in. But we also need to regulate that with what you said. And I'm so happy you said that, being an intelligent fan and knowing what you're looking at. Thank Sorry you. To <laughs> works storytelling that's the part that sells tickets you know and I told those guys all of them before they had their match there's also uh you only get to do this one time in your career first there's only you can only do a first match one time and that match had never happened and so you had years and a decade of building 
you know, I'd love to see this match with those guys, those four guys. And when you saw it, it paid dividends. And I think the key to it was both of them worked to each other's strengths and the storytelling was incredible. Yeah, most definitely. One other name that's in AEW that I want to ask you about, but not about their time in AEW, because I think that's been, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good and people can see what it is for what it is. Jake Roberts, uh, he's a man who, you know, obviously he's doing great work in AEW. He never won a championship while in WWE. How important do you think championships are? Do you think, you know, he should have won it? And, you know, there's a lot of names. It's not just Jake Roberts. A lot of names that haven't won championships. How do you look at it when people say, oh, well, it's annoying that that person didn't win a championship? How important are they? This is my opinion. You can put a championship on anybody. It doesn't make the man. The man makes the championship. Take your hottest guy that's the most over, and then you put the title on him. You don't put the title on him hoping he will get over and be looked at as a champion. That's my opinion. Jake was such a strong character. He had such a strong persona. He never needed to be champion. He just needed to be Jake the Snake. Another note, you know, it was uh, Jake and I were never in the ring together until the AEW angle. Yeah. I was so honored to be in the ring and, you know, uh, mixing barbs and, and, and promos together, sitting across that table for him, for me, was an honor and, and a privilege. Because, we, you know, he was so good. And when he talks, people listen. And uh, all those years, we were never together in, in the ring. So it was, it was something special for me, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. That was actually why I asked that question. Because I saw that little fact online. I was like, Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts have never been in the same ring. That is absolutely insane. But obviously, once I, I seen the fact, I couldn't remember a time that I could prove it wrong with. Because it was the first which is absolutely amazing. So I've got two last questions I want to ask you. Um, you know, we're going to kind of bring one of them up to date, and it's got to be Cody Rhodes. We spoke about him earlier. I just want to ask your thoughts on Cody Rhodes right now as a performer and a businessman, everything he's doing at this moment in time. Well, he's juggling quite a bit, you know, as is his wife, you know, and when you live in the same household, they got a lot of, you know, face of the business business that they have to take care of. And, uh, you know, Cody is in the best shape of his life. I think he's clear headed. He is goal oriented. He wants to be a leader of the company. I don't think Cody looks at himself as the face of the company, even though he is because he has such a rapport with the fans. And, uh, I just think that the sky's the limit for this guy. And Tony Khan, you know, giving 100% support to all the talent in every way from keeping us safe during this pandemic to letting a person be himself and have some control over his own destiny. And uh, Cody has a lot of influence as far as his own character goes. And I, I think he's having fun. Everybody that works there is having fun. And we're just – Glad to still be operating and getting better each and every week. Definitely. And my final question, Arn Anderson, you've been around wrestling for a long time. We mentioned, you know, the birth of the spine buster. A lot of people are using it nowadays. Aside from Arn Anderson, 
Who has the best spine buster you've ever seen? Well, um, I don't think I can narrow it down to one, but I can give you a few. Please. I, I think Triple H has a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Bobby Roode. I think Rhino. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rhino, very good. Um, yeah. I don't know about the rest, but those come to mind, top of my head. Most they got definitely. good whip, you know, good elevation, all the things that you need. Uh, and again, there's I see them pr- virtually every week somebody does one. So it's an honor. It's a privilege to me. I've got maybe two more that I'm going to spread. <laughs> <laughs> time will tell we'll see I like that maybe two more exactly two uh, well I can't wait to see when the next one comes because then after that I know you've got one left and I'm sure they're both going to be very special you mentioned an honour and a privilege it's been an honour and a privilege for me to talk to you today Arne absolutely brilliant for you know me to, walk, to talk to someone I've watched for so many years and I'm sure everyone watching this will feel the same way If they do, the one thing they can do is go over to patreon.com forward slash ad free shows and check out the Arn Show where they can listen to a lot more of your thoughts and uh, get a lot more of your reaction going forward. But thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Right, it's Christmas time. Mistletoe and wine. Wrestling merch is doing just fine. And you can get yours at spreadshop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft and we have some brand new designs up there boys before you continue john i want to make a small objection yes how come your new design of hulk hogan gets an apron well no one else gets an apron i just worked better the the hulk hogan yeah you can get a wrestling daft apron we'll get on to that but let's just first of all talk about new designs i'm glad you mentioned that alex right now on the the shop the merch stand if you will you can get that legendary hulk hogan quote um about jabroni marks um you can get that we talk about it on the show all the time you can get that on a t-shirt and various other things um, not only that, we've got a, a we've got a brand new um, design uh, for the Mark show. We've got the Mark is here, which is a bit of a rip off of the old John Cena t-shirt uh, with the wrestling daft belt. So you could have your own very own wrestling daft belt around your waist. And um, we also tried to get a wrestling mind the Buzznox t-shirt featured up there, but uh, that's been put brought down because uh, Alex's design. Um, wasn't up to scratch apparently well it worked on another website's t-shirt printing service just pointing (laughs) that out here yeah so we've got all those um brand new designs up there and we've got rab's personal favorite which is wrestling's kid on which is a cracker as well so you can check them all out now if you want to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft all the usual designs up there and you can get uh, the designs on everything from trucker caps to aprons like alex said to hoodies, to bum bags, and odes to Gradle. You get it all up there. So if you fancy getting some wrestling daft merch for Christmas, for Christmas, get it there, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Welcome once again to Fancy Booking Island. It's the island where anything in wrestling goes. Um, last Snow week on the island this week, isn't it? <laughs> it is, aye. <laughs> it is. Um, so... 
basically uh, we're, we're always tasked by you guys to, to, to book something and last week um, there was a bit of Alex threw his toys at the pram basically didn't quite book. rightfully so and the uh, listeners agreed with me John so I'm afraid you've lost any leg you had to stand I think they're doing argument. that just to wind me up you, you know Alex abstained because he only got like five hours to book something for, for the 18th week in a row Yes, right. You're just such a millennial. Anyway, uh, Alex won last week, but uh, Ben Hall came back in with an idea last week, and he says, basically, I want you to, to you know, like in soap operas where they have like a flash forward. I want you to envision something happening, um, and then what I want you to do is we'll get the results from that, and then you've got to book it from there. Um, so it was nice and easy last week. Um, Alex, what was your booking? Oh, it was something to do with Triple H, Tony Khan in Don Callis' ring, and I believe I even had Josh Matthews in a bin for consistency. Absolutely. Uh, Gary, what was yours? I had Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch's kid, who I'm calling Rue Rollins, which the first name is accurate, and the second one is obviously his fake name, against Charlotte Flair and Andrade's thus far unborn kid. Um, main event in WrestleMania, and then a run-in happening from all of the, the kids of the Bella Twins. <laughs> Uh, Guys was so um, fantasy that he's actually booking uh, Andrade and Charlotte Shagging and making a baby. Uh, so, and uh, mine's was, I, I played a bit to the crowd and I said, Grado holding the 24-7 title. Um, and you will be not surprised to find uh, out with 66% of the vote that I actually won the booking. So, Some would say you played your audience, John. So we did. I, I, it was that. an easy one. I right. knew exactly where the punters would go with that. So, easy one. So, that, my friends, is what we've got to book. Um, Gradle holding the 24 7 title. How did we get there? However, we're not booked that this week. That is going to be a booking for the new year. So, Alex, you have a full two and a half weeks, <laughs> or potentially three weeks, to are you, book. Are you that. okay? Could you handle giving people this amount of notice? I, listen, you don't get this kind of notice. Do you keep plans you make in advance, or do you only do plans that you make on a whim? You don't get this sort of time in WWE to book something, Alex, so you just feel... And they probably should. It would make a fucking difference to the product, I'll tell you that. I expect nothing short of... I'm trying to think of the best storyline in wrestling. See, the summer of punk, I expect something magnificent like that. From like the, the winter of Gradle. Well, there you go. There's a good starter for you. So, yeah, expect that. We'll be back um, with a, another Mark. This is the last Mark show, I have to say, of uh, 2020 because we all need a Christmas break. And we'll be doing the bonus uh, shows on uh, Patreon. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back in the new year. So, Alex, you've got three weeks pretty much to book that. So, good luck to everyone. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back in the new year with that booking. <laughs> So that's it for this week's um, Marks and the last one of 2020, boys. Sad times. Um, it's not sad times. 2020 can go fuck itself. Well, that is true for 2020. can go fuck itself. And I did see the WWE did the... I was, I was just about to bring up that and not an interesting merch range. Yeah, that's, the, that's the worst thing I've seen today anyway. <laughs> oh, I thought it was quite good. If you've not seen it, just to explain that basically we've got Drew McIntyre and we've got all the wrestlers doing their finishers on an animation of 2020 voiced by Braun Strowman. <laughs> the Drew bit was absolutely brilliant and I love that Braun Strowman was 2020 because physical embodiment of the year and all that stuff. Uh, but no, for me, I think the worst part about that was the fact that they just 
spliced in footage from before the COVID era. So we had crowds and stuff, and it was just a bit. But I know why they done it, to get the merch, the witch is horrendous, uh, to get the merch out that has every single wrestler deliver on their finish up to 2020 on it. It's the, it's the 2020 is so bad. So I was, bad. Oh, I, I was really waiting on 2021 having John Cena's voice, but I guess they couldn't uh, for a couple of minutes too. <laughs> I know, yeah, no. Uh, check that out. You can see that on our Twitter. Um, so yeah, well, what's going to happen is there's going to be some best offs coming out um, from Wrestling Daft over the next couple of weeks. We have the best, the best bits from Rab and Grado. Uh, you'll also be able to hear, even if you're not on our Patreon, uh, the Grado story part one over Christmas, um, where we uh, go through. I speak to Grado about his career. Uh, so part one will be available over Christmas, so you can have a listen to that. As we said before. Um, on the Patreon we've got some very bonus special podcasts coming up um, as myself and Gary take on Rab and Grado and our special Wrestle Mind the Buzz Knocks for brands I request that both teams comes up with a comedy Attitude Era inspired tag team name yeah we will me and Gary will work on that I'm sure Rab and Grado Excellent. I don't think you'll get one from Rab and Grado because I'm never prepared but uh, me and Gary will certainly well you guys you guys can come up with one for Rab and Grado too you yes. can come up with both of them We'll do that because they, they won't bother their arse. Um, so, yeah, uh, so we'll be doing that over Christmas. Also, we're going to be doing the dafties, me, Alex, and Gary. We're going to get a couple of pints over Christmas and we're going to dissect the year that was 2020 in wrestling, picking out our favourite moments from that. So, looking forward to that, boys. It'll be nice to have a sit and have a beer with you. No, Gary's sitting drinking a beer just now, which is. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, we'll be doing that over Christmas. Well. So, plenty to be coming on the Patreon, so look out for that sort of stuff. Just before we go, I thought we'd run quickly over the card. Um, for TLC, which is just a thrown together pay per view, as far as I can see, it's just like I had a quick look the other day, and I was like, I do not care about a single match on yeah, that card. Absolutely, like the graphics that they've been thrown out for it are brilliant. I don't know if you've seen the ones on Twitter, and it's like a red sky and lightning. Yeah, they've been doing this like, ah. whole weather gimmick thing. They've been doing it's quite a, yeah. So you know, I, the thing is, I reckon it'll be a good show because they've been on form, and I hope they don't drop the ball with their pay per views in the last show of the year. Well, let's see what you think of this card. Let's start off the rock. Tag Team Championships, it's New Day versus The Hurt Business. What are we thinking? I'm thinking no matter what happens, we're going to see that feud continue because there is a severe lack of tag teams yeah. on Raw. I would like The Hurt Business to win it because it's, it's not going to hurt The New Day to nah. lose the titles, you know? And even at that, next time they win it, it'll be 10 time champions, I think. 10 or 11, yeah, I, think I, 10, think, so. I actually think The Hurt Business might win that one. Aye. Yeah. Is it Shel- I'm assuming it's Shelton and Cedric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they might take that one. Uh, it'd be nice to get a belt back on um, Shelton as well, wouldn't it? Aye. And Ced- well, Cedric as well. Like both of them. Yeah. yeah. Both yeah. Um, the, now, this is, I, I need to ask you about this one. It's Shayna and uh, Naya versus Oscar, and it was meant to be Lana, but now she's been ruled ruled out because of injury. I know who it's going to be. I'm not going to say it here. I will tell you when you stop recording. <laughs> right, okay. Poor Lana. I thought she was going to get to main event two pay-per-views in a row. <laughs> well, I, well, we'll find out, uh, and we'll, we'll, fi- we'll find out that on Sunday, and we'll get we'll give you the inside scoop next week, or when Gary can give you the inside scoop, he certainly will on his Twitter. So stay close for that. Uh, Sasha versus Carmella for SmackDown Women's Championship. Only going one way, isn't it? Sasha's keeping it, but I love what Carmella's doing. I like her new attire, and I like the new yeah. character. So I don't really mind that being a few. I, I just the, the thing that you know for me it's always where's it gonna go next and I think if Carmela loses which I think she will it's gonna be a bit of a, bit of a weird one for them trying to book her going forward 
Yeah, I know. I, I guess oh, but it's, it's that kind of stopgap till the rumble. They're just trying to tick things Aye. along till January, till they can be like rumble. Does um, does uh, what's her face? I'm totally her name's just escaped. Really, Sasha's next opponent would probably be uh, uh, your favorite Italian. Ah, uh, I was going to say. Well, I was going to say... Oh, Bianca Belair. Bianca, Bianca Belair. Aye, aye, that's probably going to be the way. I think we're leading that way for Mania. Yeah. If it doesn't happen at Royal Rumble, of course, but I think we're yeah, leading that way for Mania. Uh, Fiend versus Randy Orton. Again, it's a weird... It's another weird one. Who's, who you might, who's might be the heel? Who's might, what's do, the do, they, do they have to put the Fiend here over? Because technically Orton won the last one. Uh, or- I, think they, I think the Fiend needs to win every match he's in now. They've already done the damage. But, yeah. But, uh, it's a bit... Uh, I mean, Randy Orton, well, I, this is the kind of match that just shouldn't have happened. <laughs> just shouldn't have booked it. I wonder, I, wonder if yeah. I wonder if they'll write off Randy from TV for a wee bit because he's not uh. had a bit of time off, so that might be essential. Drew versus AJ, TLC match. Oh, Drew McIntyre, but I'm just glad we're getting that match because I know Drew McIntyre's wanted it for a long time because uh, I think I mentioned it before on the podcast that they've never been on the same brand to even can yeah. be considered in the same match, so... I bet it should be a good one. And then Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Again, this match has just been thrown together in the last minute, hasn't it? Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Um, I'll be a, I think it'll be a good match, but, you know, it's, like, there you go. The two have a lot of history. I think no, 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 belts, no major belts. No, I'd, I'd love Owens to win, but we know it's not going to happen. I mean, the only belt I can... The Uso face turn. This could be the night. Owens, Owens leads the family of the Usos. It would make so much sense. Aye. Yeah, the only the only belt I can see changing is potentially the women's tag team championship because Gary's going to tell us who's who's the surprise uh, <laughs> surprise uh, partner. Well, I will tell you. Um, as far as I know, that those belts will change hands. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the tag, the the raw tag team. <laughs> Time to get your money on a little little bet there, guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, I think that there's not many title changes. So yeah, that um, that'll be interesting. If you like, see, we might be allowed to have a pay per view party because I'm off on the Monday. So I'll see how many people are interested in the Patreon and getting involved and having a couple of beers and watching, which is pro- it's going to be a shitey pay per view. But fuck it, why not? Uh, remember, uh, we go twice a week. Obviously, you got us. Today you get um, Rabin Grado on a Friday. Uh, this week they're talking on the list of wrestling. Da- really bizarrely, I put up uh, for the list of wrestling daft. I thought it would be a whitewash. I put best male um, wrestlers against best tag teams, and it was actually the tag teams that won it. So we're going to be uh, ranking the best tag teams of 2020. Uh, the pun in this week is murderers. Um, so if you can give us a, a good murderer. Uh, wrestling and Chris Benoit and Jimmy Feisnucker do not count um, I came up with Adam Rose West uh, that's as good as I get so that is the pun in this week murderers um, uh, wrestling daft road uh, wrestling road daft road stories will be back as well which is always cracking as well I'll get, um, one of these days I'll definitely get a wrestling daft road story from you guys as well um, so yeah that's it uh, get that with Rabbit and Grado this Friday oh and we're doing a running rumble so basically, every if you've been in the running before, you can come in and just we're getting as many people into the running this week, and we'll just like have uh, new people come in every minute, and then we'll just kick them off as and see when we see fit. So that should be fun on the main show. Uh, so that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft March. Remember, sign up patreoncom daft Get your t-shirts for Christmas. You know the loved ones in your life will want a Wrestling Daft t-shirt, and you can do that shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft gentlemen 
where can we find you? Gary, oh, big news, uh, Alex has changed his Twitter handle, we, we found it out last week. That was week. last week's big news. Yeah, exactly, it's still big news, uh, where can we get you, Alex? Uh, team 3D Artist, I almost forgot what it was for a second. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and Gary, you can obviously get you where? Wrestling Gary. And we'll find out who this uh, mystery opponent is <laughs> in the tag. Uh, Match. While you're on Twitter, feel free to fill out the Wyatt Family Fortunes quiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. Plug and that. Um, check, out, check out the, the Wrestling Daft Twitter. We're doing a round on our uh, special WrestleMind the Buzz Knocks Christmas special on Patreon uh, called Wyatt Family Fortunes. And we need a survey filled out to make that round work. So if you could do that, that would be much obliged. Um, until next time, uh, until we see you in 2020, um, have yourself a great Christmas, uh, unless we. You sign up to Patreon. Uh, have yourself a great Christmas and a happy 2021. Thank fuck 2020 is done. <sighs> Keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.